Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Once again, welcome. If it's your first time, welcome back. If it's been a while, and welcome, welcome, welcome. So I want to continue the classics series today. And the beauty of the classics is they're simply Bible stories. Somebody say Bible stories. When I was a kid, I loved Bible stories, but I never lost my love for them. I remember mom teaching us and training us that way. Parents, you want to give your kids a good foundation in God's Word? Just teach them the Bible. Teach them Bible stories. God put those in there for a reason because we learn, we live, we learn lessons, we learn about love, and we learn about failure and success and all these things that we go through in life through Bible stories. Someone say Bible stories. The title of today's message is, Even the Strongest, dot, dot, dot. Even the strongest what? Even the strongest. Where are you headed with this, Pastor Matt? Even the strongest go through it. Many times folks look around and go, no, they don't have any problems. You'd be surprised. I've met people before that were so joyful and so kind and so great, and you did not know, you had no idea, we had no idea they were going through all kinds of stuff. And people would say, man, I've, I've seen this before firsthand. They'd say, man, I had no idea. They put on a strong face. I had no idea you were going through that. Wow, I didn't know. So let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 1. And this is one of the stories of John the Baptist. No, John the Baptist didn't go to first or second or third Baptist church. He was called John the Baptist because he was a baptizer. History and maybe partially legend tells us that he and his disciples could have baptized up to a million people. You've heard that before, those of you who've been in the church for a while. Up to a million people. What was their baptism for? It was a baptism of repentance, washing off the old life, getting ready. He was the one sent to prepare the way for the Lord, for the Messiah, for Jesus. He's this powerful guy. He, he stayed completely disconnected from the world system. Scripture see, it says he ate locusts and honey. He wore camel skin. He was just an odd character. One of these prophets saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Here he comes. He's coming. Man, he rebuked people. He baptized people. He was just quite a man of God out in the desert. And so this is his story today. Check this out with me. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples... He went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. Someone say teach and preach. Jesus kept doing what he'd always done. And notice here that it was teach before preach. Preaching's exciting. It's to inspire people. But teaching really causes the word of God to be sown in your life. Teach and preach. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. All right. So John the Baptist, right? John the baptizer who was in prison. He had offended a local king. Does anyone remember who, who he offended and why? Well, he, he offended the king because he said, look, you're not supposed to have your brother's wife. So he was pressured. This guy used to listen to John the Baptist preach, and he would kind of tremble in fear over the word, but finally put him in jail over it, put him in prison. So John the Baptist, even from prison, he heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples, his, his students, to ask Jesus. Huh. 
He heard about all the things Jesus was doing, but nevertheless, he says, are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? Do you guys remember? This is the guy who said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He said, there's one who's coming after me, one whom I'm not, I'm not worthy to even fasten his sandal or unfasten it. I baptize you in water, and this guy's going to baptize you in fire. He recognized and knew who Jesus was before he was manifest to the world, to that local population, and now he's struggling. He said, man, disciples, go. is he the one, or do we need to wait for somebody else? Really pay attention this morning. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. All kinds of good stuff. All the things prophesied in Scripture hundreds of years before. And he added, really catch this, slight rebuke to John the Baptist here. Remember, he's Jesus' cousin. How many of you know it's a miracle when your cousin recognizes you as a man or woman of God, right? So Jesus must have been legit. Another reason he was legit. His own cousin, a relative, recognized him as the Son of God at one point. And he added, God blesses those. Let's hang, hang out on this verse just for a moment. God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. One translation says, God blesses those who do not turn away, who are not offended in me. Another translation says, God blesses those who are not offended because of me. Someone listen to me this morning. Don't you be offended in God or in the things of God. Don't start questioning God because things haven't gone your way exactly. We're going to get into that. Just because you thought it was supposed to go a certain way doesn't mean that's right or exactly how it was supposed to go down. All right? Life happens. Someone say life happens. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine right now? I don't know if this is an accurate report. And I know she's not a woman of God. Maybe she'll come to God over it. Supposedly, Oprah Winfrey lost $560 million in that, that bank's failure. Like, I, I, we can't even count that high. You, I guess you could. $560 Roku, so you, guys, you guys know what Roku is? You're like, man, that's my streaming service. Hopefully they don't shut them down, right? <laughs> Roku had $487 million cash in that bank. Life happens. Why? Because ungodly people are in charge of systems. It's the world system. Look, this guy is in prison because of the devil, man. And because, why? Because he preached the word, the truth, and he wouldn't back down. And he would call out the king and say, hey, it's not right for you to have your brother's wife. Your brother's still alive. That's messed up. What's wrong with you? Calling people out. This is a lesson for me, calling people out on Facebook and stuff, right? Calling out the world system. This doesn't have a gigantic platform. Thousands of people don't listen to this thing. But I tell you what, more than ever before, I've always spoken the word in truth and love to the best of my ability with God inside of me. But even over COVID, during COVID, I said, you know what? We've got to really speak out like never before because the world is full of lies. And I'm back to this. God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Tough times come. Things happen. Say, man, this wasn't what I... Plan for, uh, we're not going to be offended in Jesus or because of him. Someone say amen. Let's keep going. As John's disciples were leaving, look at Jesus' response to John the Baptist's doubts. Jesus began talking about him to the crowd. He said, oh, Jesus is about to talk bad about him to the crowd. Uh-uh. Look at what he does. He says, what kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? 
Was he a weak reed? Swayed by every breath of wind? He's saying, no, this dude's a tough dude. He was a bad dude. Prophesying fearlessly. Let's keep going. Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? What would you go out to listen to John the Baptist for? He's speaking well of him. No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. This guy was in camel clothing. Not camel colored. Camel, camel skin and stuff. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he is more than a prophet. Man, he just finished doubting. Follow along with me. We're going to get into all this today. He's more than a prophet. Wow. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say what? Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. Huh, he came to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah, your Savior, your God, and my God. Verse 11, he said, I tell you the truth, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. What? A statement by God in the flesh. He said, man, there, there may be some equals, some great prophets, but nobody's greater than this guy. Wow. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. Why? Because it's a new era. It's a new epoch. It's a new season. Once you've accepted Jesus, you're on a different level than the folks in the Old Testament. John the Baptist was all the way to the edge of the Old Testament leading up to Jesus. Now in the kingdom of heaven, the least in the kingdom of heaven can cast out demons. I remember years ago, someone here, some staff members years ago, they called pastor and said, Pastor, man, they're they're trying to get us to go cast out some demons. I don't know the whole story. And dad said, well, y'all go cast them out. I'm busy. I don't remember the whole story. I just remember the look of terror on their face in the office. And they told pastor, I'm not prayed up. Dad said, prayed up. What do you mean? You're saved? Jesus said in my name they'll cast out demons. Y'all go cast out. And I don't know how I came up. It, I don't know how I was thrown in the conversation. I don't know if he said, take Matthew. Or they said, would you go with us? I don't know. But we went to go cast out some demons. Why? Because of the power of the name of Jesus. You think demons are afraid of me or those, those other staff members? No, they said, they said in the book of the Acts, they told the seven sons of Sceva, they said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? So man, now, look at, look at this message. Now we have so much more than the Old Testament had. Scripture says we're under a better covenant. That's amazing. There was no one greater than John the Baptist, but Jesus said, he said, man, even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. We can cast out demons, heal the sick in Jesus' name, all these things just because we believe in Jesus and we've accepted him. Now let's get into some meat here. First of all, we have the problem of this situation where John the Baptist did everything God had called him to do. He was the prophesied spirit of Elijah that was coming. Remember, I believe in, uh, was it Malachi? Um, let's see, Malachi 4, 5 said the spirit of Elijah will come and turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Jesus goes on to say after this verse, this is the prophesied return of Elijah. He's not Elijah, but the spirit of Elijah rested on him. He's a great man of God. But this guy did everything God had called him to do. He lived right. He abstained. He was eating locusts and honey for heaven's sake. No Cheetos, no alcohol, nothing. Out in the desert, looking crazy and wild. His beard was probably tangled. This guy did everything God called him to do, and he wound up where? Let's put that first point there. Where did he wind up in? Oh, those are big letters. Those are awfully big letters. Prison. 
There may be some folks in here who have been in prison, maybe some folks who have been in jail, but let me say this. This guy did everything God called him to do, and he wound up in prison. Man, prison is a place of pain and suffering. You say, no, there's, there's cable TV and stuff. You can work out in prison now. It's three hots and a cot. And some people say, that's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go live. I'd rather live in there than on the outs. It's easy in there. Okay, great, whatever. But prison, can you imagine this prison 2,000 years ago, this jail? I guarantee there were no toilets in there. Say, man, there's no privacy in jail, man. People talking all night at county. The restroom's out there, right there in the sink. It's crazy, man. This is a messed up. But I guarantee there was no toilet in there. It was probably a bucket or just the ground. No baths and bread of affliction and water, if. Now, we start to see that this man of God is in prison, and he's going through pain and suffering, and things are going to his mind. We're not going to our next point yet, but there's isolation You ever been in a situation, I have, where it was a bitter surprise that you arrived there? You say, I don't know how I got here. Oh man, I feel the presence of God this morning. I feel His Spirit. Somebody listen closely to me. Someone make eye contact with me. Someone make eye contact with Jesus this morning. More importantly, feel the Spirit of God. You've said, man, Pastor Matt, I've I've arrived at a place right now where I have where it's a place of bitter surprise, not bittersweet, bitter, the wrong kind of surprise. You ever had the wrong kind of surprise? Uh, yeah. What was that? What was that movie, Fools Rush In? The guy arrives at the house, and the girl, she's Mexicana, and she says, we painted the whole house. And he's like, and they painted real bright colors. This is a white guy, right? She says, they wanted it to be a surprise. He goes, no, no, wanted it to be special, right? And he goes, it's special. Not a good surprise. And that's a little humorous, but can you imagine the surprise of, I served God, I did everything right. I served him for years, not I was in and out of the gospel. I served him, and I wound up right here, right now. Or some of you may say, maybe say, man, I served God for a year, I served God two years, three years, I did my best, and then stuff came up. And you know, people fall away over that. They start asking questions. Man of God years ago, he said, the question why is what really shakes you. It really shakes your world. Pastor Joel Stockstill, man, I think since he was 20, he's been on dialysis. He married a young lady, perfectly healthy as far as we know, and a few years into her marriage, she got cancer and died. And he said, man, I buried my wife. And the question why is what shakes us to our core. We don't understand everything. Does that mean God is evil? No. It just means we don't get it all. It just means we don't get it all. This guy, John the Baptist, he did everything right, man. He obeyed. You ever, you ever said this? This isn't me, Lord. I don't want to be here. I don't know how I arrived here. What am I doing here? I serve God. I love God. I've obeyed. Now there's depression and anxiety, tough times. Heartbreak, here I am. I feel like I'm in a prison. Remember, people of God, it's all temporary. It's all temporary. You still live in the United States of America. I know there's a lot of junk going on, man. People still have heartbreak here and bitter times and hard times. You say, man, I'm struggling in these areas. It feels like a prison. Jesus, Scripture says, is the one who came to set the captives free. 
He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Sometimes, though, you get into a place and you go, Lord, I want to believe here. I believe, but what is going on? How did I arrive in this place of bitter surprise? I really need help, Lord. I didn't plan on this. I've done my best. You guys have heard some of Pastor Jen's testimony. It was so powerful that night for the Flourish event, that Flourish night. And people didn't know Pastor Jen's story. Serving God, doing all this stuff, and then then it happens. Say, man, something changed. It feels like it was overnight. It may have been gradual. I don't know. Some of you are in situations right now. You go, I don't even see how this came to be right now. I've served God. I've done my best. Don't let it push you away from God. Let it draw you closer to God. This is one of my life's messages. Do not run from God. Do not. Scripture says if your faith fails or if your strength fails in the day of adversity, then what? Or you faint. Let me, let me say it again. Let me say that better. If you faint in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. Here's what happened, though. He's in prison, right? What did prison lead to? Look at point two and then big letters. What did point two, what does point two say? Doubt. Let me read verse, let me read verse uh, two to you real quick again. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. Despite all that, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus what? Are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Why would he do that? He prophesied the Messiah. He prepared the way for the Messiah. He baptized people to get their hearts soft and get them ready to repent so they could accept Jesus and believe in him, be part of God's kingdom. He was preparing the whole world for the Messiah, whether he realized it or not. Man, his birth was prophesied by an angel. You know what his angel, can you imagine? You know what the angel said when he came to his dad? His dad struggled to believe, said, how will I know this is true? And you know what the angel said? He said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in God's presence. I'm his messenger. And because you didn't believe, here's what's going to happen. You say, oh, doubt ran into his family. Man, doubt runs in everybody's families. You have moments of most faithful of people, the most believing of You have moments of discouragement, man. You, you have moments, man. Some of you, hopefully not, man. You say a cuss word. You're so discouraged. Man, blankety blank. You can repent later, hopefully right now, right? Go ahead and repent. Put that under the blood, man. Say, I, I, don't, I don't know how I got here, and I'm, I'm here. What? What did I do wrong? What is God, you know, people go, what is God doing wrong? Is he managing the universe right? Can you imagine? You got the earth spinning around the sun for all these thousands of years, and, and this perfect, perfect temperature where the earth can sustain life, half a degree closer we'd burn up, or you know, a degree closer, something like that, a degree further away we'd, we'd freeze, and here we are on God's little planet he created for us, our playpen for his children. We say, is God doing, what is wrong here? And we have moments of weakness. Someone say weakness. You say, man, Pastor Matt, I've had more than a moment of weakness. It's been weeks. It's been months. It's time to get out of that funk. It's time to get out of the rut. You know what a rut is? Do you know why the trash man doesn't always come pick up your trash in your alley? Because sometimes the alleys are so wet and that heavy truck, when it goes through the mud, it creates ruts. 
ruts, deep little, deep little holes in the mud that are problematic for the alley. I know because ours was fine and now there's, it's rutted again. You see, I fell in a rut. You can get stuck in a rut that way. Little dips on the road of life. You say, man, I feel stuck here. No, don't get stuck in a rut. You may have questions, but remember, God speaks to us through his word. We know and believe. Oh, man, and then we go through a trial. Trials are coming. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, someone say in this world, in this world you will have trouble, he said, but be encouraged. Fear not, for I have overcome the world. Wow. He said, man, I, I don't know, God. We get to the place and I quote, we go, well, God, what am I doing here? You have doubts. Man, this guy, John the Baptist, he preached about Jesus. He was the first one or one of the first ones to recognize him as the Lamb of God and Messiah. He baptized Jesus. You know the honor? Can you imagine you go to heaven, everybody's sharing their war stories, and you go, yeah, I, I baptized the Son of God. I knew him. He's, he's my cousin, actually. Physically, he's my cousin on earth through, you know. Through his mom, Mary, his father's God. But here I am. People sharing stories in heaven say, man, I baptized Jesus, the Messiah. But even the strongest have doubts. Even the strongest go through it and go, oh, you know what? Um, I have a real simple message on this point today is it's not time to give up. It's not time to lay down and die and give up and quit. It's not time. Someone say it's not time. It is not time for that. I have no idea about the details swirling around in your life right now. I really don't unless you've told me or someone or told someone near to me. But I know you love God and I know you're going to keep up. And I know despite the doubts, despite the trials, despite the feeling of, man, am I in prison again? I'm not. What is going on? Am I in jail? I'm stuck. I'm hurt. I'm heartbroken. There was a bitter surprise. What am I doing here? You know what Jesus said? He said this to Jairus. Remember the one whose daughter had just died? The leader of the synagogue? He said, just believe. Just believe. You say, how do you just believe? You choose. You chose to shower last night or this morning, whether you needed it or not, right? You chose. You chose to eat or not. You chose to drink something or not. You chose to come to church. You can choose to believe. And I know sometimes they're harder than others. You say, man, I'm having a real hard time choosing. Well, choose anyway. Jesus said, only believe. Just believe. Someone say, just believe. That's right. Through the doubt, through it all, get through the smoke and say, God, I know you're real. I believe. I believe. I believe. What do you do? Run away from the word? Stop spending time with God? No, you do more of all of the above. Say, I'm struggling. Come to church. Come back to church. Some of you, I don't know who this is for. Check this out. <clears throat> Need to get back to church. Live stream is great. It's there for everybody. It's there for the whole world. But if some of you used to attend here in person and it's been a while and you have access to get over here, come on back home. Nothing like being connected here at home. You say, man, I've struggled with doubt. Come on in here and deal with it with the rest of us. Come on back. Come home. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. Say, man, but I, I don't know. Just because, I, just because I'm going through a tough time or God has allowed a situation in my life does not mean God is evil. Actually, evil in this world and problems point toward God's goodness. They show how great and good He really is, how perfect His kingdom is. Troubles in this life only point toward heaven. 
We either believe or we don't. I remember when my mom died, we all looked at each other and we said, well, we preached this our whole lives. We talk about it. We believed it. We believe it now or we don't. I said, no, mom's in heaven. We have great comfort. We know that she's in heaven. We know. No doubt. Say, I don't understand all of that, but here we are. We've arrived at this place. So John the Baptist was in prison. Prison led to him doubting. Sent his disciples, man, hey, go ask Jesus if he's the one. I know he's doing all this stuff. Jesus said, the dead are raised, the blind see, the deaf hear. Blessed are those who are not offended because of me, even though they're in a trial. So prison, doubt, and where does it lead to? How about this? Oh, this is the exciting point today. God's grace. Someone say God's grace. Here's what I love about Jesus. He didn't rebuke John the Baptist like he rebuked the Pharisees. Jesus was all over the religious and the false people. He didn't rebuke him like that. He just said, and go tell him, blessed are those who are not offended in me or because of me. But then he turned around to the crowd and began to speak well of John the Baptist in forgiveness and grace. He just had a moment. Some of you are like, man, why would, would, shouldn't Jesus rebuke him? Maybe Jesus should go visit him in jail and rebuke him to his face for doubting. He, he, let, he pointed people in the direction of Jesus. Somebody say God's grace. Hmm. Despite going through the prison and doubting and struggling, God forgives us and speaks well of us. Did you know God thinks well of you this morning? Hmm. I believe it's a woman in this house this morning. I have no idea who you are. God has hidden that from me. There's a woman in this house, at least one. There may be more than one, but I'm speaking to one woman in particular. I have no idea who you are this morning. Which of the ladies in this house? There's plenty of them. You've gone through a, a season of extreme condemnation. You know what? Let me add to that. There's one man, too. One in particular. And God has showed me his face. I don't know why. There's a man and a woman in this house, and hey, this is for everyone. You take this if this is for you, if this shoe fits wear it as well. You say, man, I've gone through condemnation. I've beat myself up. I know God forgives. Is he big enough to forgive me? You are forgiven. You are forgiven right now. You confess to him, and you forgive yourself. Some of you say, man, I've been down in the dumps. I've beat myself up for so long, Pastor Matt. Huh. You say, yeah, it's between me and God. Well, now it's between you and God and me because I'm praying for you. You're going to be okay. Like Jesus said, I have prayed that your faith may not fail. People say, man, I, I, I hope I can make it. No, your faith is not going to fail. You just keep choosing God over and over and over again. You say, man, I've been through a trial. I, I hoped it would never be again, and there's another trial. You know, I had that recently. Had something come up, and I've mentioned it for weeks now. I said, man, I don't want to go through something like that again. And I started to feel that way again. And I knew there were emotions and other things involved. And I said, Lord, you're faithful. I'm going to walk holy. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your grace is enough for me. Someone say, God's grace is enough. What is his grace? It is his power to live right and do right. It is his undeserved favor. God favored this guy undeservedly so, even in the midst of his doubt. He said, man, this dude is powerful. He spoke to the crowd well of him. God speaks well of you, not ill. God loves you. His plan is still good. His plan is to bless you. And His grace is enough. Grace and favor. 
So if you've doubted and you've struggled and you, now you're receiving God's grace for it and you're coming out of the condemnation and beating yourself up, see, I messed up, I looked at something I shouldn't have, I, I said something I shouldn't have, I've, I've been struggling with this thoughts, these thoughts, I'm, I'm going through all this stuff, here's what I got to say, you are in great company. John the Baptist doubted. Peter doubted. He, he walked on water, but he doubted. And then he doubted so much at one point, he was so disgusted that Jesus was taken away to be condemned that he denied him. Is that doubt? Oh, yeah, there's some doubt in there. How about Thomas? Jesus told him in front of everybody, hey, that's great. You believe because you've seen. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. You are in good company, people of God, and it's time to stop beating yourself up. God's grace is over you. I declare it today. Receive God's grace. Receive God's grace. Every section of this building, every section, every home, every vehicle or job, whoever's listening on the live stream, receive God's grace. His promises are good. His plan is right. His purpose and design, it's perfect. Receive His grace. The Apostle Paul said, Lord, I can't do this. You've got to take this away. God said, what I've given you, my grace, it's enough for you to make it. You don't feel like it. Some people say, man, I, I don't feel like it. I, I really don't feel like it right now. I haven't felt like it. I haven't felt like it. Well, guess what? God's grace, God's grace never runs out. You're seeking God. You're doing your best with his help. God's grace never, ever runs out. Scripture says God's mercies are new every morning. Somebody say amen. You need God's grace? All right. Praise God. So John the Baptist went from prison, a place of problems and a bad surprise. Tough time, man, depression. This dude, I guarantee you he was depressed in jail. It stunk in there. It's bad. It's dark. They're whipping the prisoners. People are being put to death. John the Baptist knew what he was headed for. He knew he was going to be put to death. So he had a place of doubt. And then here's the powerful thing is God's grace was on him. Jesus sent him a message of hope. said, look at everything that I'm doing, and blessed are those who are not offended in me. Blessed are those who have not given up on me. Someone say today, raise your hand before we pray. Say, I will not. I will not give up. Say, God's grace. God's hand, God's favor, God's blessing, God's presence, God's promise, God's protection is upon me. Say, I can't do it by myself, but say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today, if you would. Even the strongest struggle sometimes. Even the strongest, even the toughest, if there is anyone at the sound of my voice today, whether online or in person, you say, Pastor Matt, I haven't done the most important thing, and that is to make Jesus my Lord and Savior through faith and through my confession. If you've never accepted Jesus, made him your Lord, would you please raise your hand today? I want to pray with you. If that is you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. We'll pray together as church family. If that's you online or in the house, raise your hand. Raise your hand. All right, you've all accepted Jesus here in the house, but we don't know who's going to listen to this message. 
Everybody agree with me and pray out loud with, with me if you would. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe your word. Despite trouble, problems, or say this, say, because of trouble, because of problems, I believe your word. I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me. Make me an ex-sinner. I don't want to practice sin. That's the past. Say, cleanse me. Forgive me, Lord. I can't cleanse myself. Say, I need you. Say, I confess and believe that Jesus is Lord. You are the Lord of my life. Come to live in my heart by faith. Say, I believe you died and rose again so that I could be free. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. I want everybody looking around. Listen carefully before you raise your hand. You say, man, I have been going through a tough season, or I'm just getting out of a tough season. That covers most of us. It should, right? And say, I just want to receive God's grace today by faith. Would you pray with me? Would you raise your hand and say, man, I've been going through it, Pastor Matt. You have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> Good that you're raising your hand. Good that you're humble like this. You're such amazing people. Let's pray together. Let me pray for you. Father, say, I am in your hands. No matter what, no one can snatch me from your hand. I choose you. I receive your grace. I receive your ability to prosper. I believe that you are good and your grace is enough. You have given me, by your grace, the power to do right. And I choose to do right. Because I believe. I believe that you're good. You are righteous. You're a God of justice. Thank you for taking care of me thus far. Continue to show yourself. Manifest yourself in my life. I need you, Lord, and I believe. Take me to the next season of victory because it's ours. It's glory to glory, faith to faith, victory to victory. I believe and I trust you. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen.